Let us take a moment to pray before we think about God's Word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be true, pleasing and responsive in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Today is our last week focusing in this season on justice through the book of Isaiah. Over the previous weeks, we've seen time and again that justice is a priority for the Lord because it is central to worship. It is core to his plan for bringing hope and light to the world so that the norm changes and there is life for all. Each week, we've also had input from members of our church family sharing with us ideas for seeking justice. Over the weeks, we've explored different passages, several of which may not be well known to us. But today's passage, Isaiah 61, may be familiar, or the beginning at least, because Jesus quotes it. If you were to turn to Luke chapter 4, Jesus is there in a synagogue, and he reads this very passage. Then says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Isaiah 61 foretold of someone who would come, anointed in the Spirit of the Lord, to set the world right, to bring life and healing of soul and of society. So in the passage where Jesus in Luke 4 is, is saying this has been fulfilled, he is claiming to be that promised person, the promised Messiah, who would come to serve and to suffer so that God's promises and plans would be fulfilled. Many of the promises contained here in Isaiah 61 should be familiar to us now after our earlier weeks looking at earlier passages in Isaiah because they echo those passages and more besides. Yet there is something else in this passage which I think helpfully rounds off our series on justice. As I said, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. In these verses we see that whilst the principal agent of change and restoration is the Messiah, the people who benefit from him. The people who receive his deliverance and salvation and grace, these same people are then called to be his ambassadors, his ongoing agents of change, his priests and, and ministers such that they stand in the gap and share with the wider world what they have received from him. These people are called to change. They are called to change the world. To rebuild a world that has been devastated by sin. A world marked by a lack of love and too much cruelty and a way of life that says to look after yourself first and foremost and at all costs. Yet to all who have met with the Messiah, to all who have met with Jesus, there is a calling. Church, there is a calling upon us to play a part and rebuilding lives, and even rebuilding societies. And yes, there is a large spiritual dynamic in what Jesus calls us to do, but there is also a material concern. 
Because those earlier verses in Isaiah 61 speak of the Messiah transforming the full range of human reality and experience. So I wonder, friends, as we head into this coming week, but reflecting back on last week's message, that simply returning to normal is not viable, how are we looking forward? How are we looking out? Where are our resources being invested? What are we rebuilding and restoring? Or are we simply maintaining the old structures and institutions? Can we learn the way of Jesus? To look outward and see the brokenness all around and in love and compassion, where compassion means literally with suffering. Can we love and suffer with this broken world for their benefit? And so play our part in what Jesus the Messiah is doing in our world today. Friends, we are called to change. To change the world. So how is that seen in your life? How is that seen in the life of our congregation here in Brighton's and across the Braes area? But this calling to change is, is not only external, it's also internal. Isaiah did say, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. We are called to change. But not only to change the world, we are called to change within ourselves. The Lord, through Isaiah, says that those who experience the ministry of the Messiah will be called oaks of righteousness. They will grow in character. They will change and they will display His splendor, His glory, His likeness. They will pursue justice because He is the Lord who loves justice. And so firm is His commitment to this, to our change, that it is in fact part of the everlasting covenant He makes with us, His people. And this is key, friends, because we shouldn't fall into a false understanding about these matters. We don't grow in righteousness by simply trying harder. That would be man-made religion. Instead, we are a planting of the Lord. It is He who will nurture and grow this righteousness in us. It's a theme picked up across the New Testament. Paul says to Titus, our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. God through Isaiah, God through Paul, God across the scriptures invites us into relationship and through that relationship into a calling to change, to change on the inside. It's something we see in the life and ministry of Jesus. He transformed a tax collector into a disciple, a prostitute into a missionary, a skeptic into an apostle, a madman into a family man, and a thief into a friend. Of course, it takes time. 
The scriptures don't speak of us becoming perfect instantaneously. Because an oak matures slowly. It doesn't become great overnight. But nevertheless, this is part of God's plan. Part of his calling upon our lives. And he promises to make it possible. He promises to give us his spirit. To dwell in us and enable this change. Paul says in Romans, By the spirit, put to death the misdeeds of the body. And then in Galatians, he speaks of the fruit of the spirit. Not the fruit of our hard labor and super hard trying. Rather, it's the fruit of the spirit that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on. God will do what we cannot do. Change our character, change our nature, change us on the inside. Now, does this mean we have no part to play? Do we simply lie back and, and let God work some magic on us? Well, no. In that same quote from Romans, Paul says, By the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body. You, with the Spirit. But without the Spirit, you haven't got a chance. For our brokenness, our darkness, the captivity within us is too strong, too powerful for us to overcome alone. By the death, but by the death and resurrection of Jesus, by his ascension into heaven and sending the Spirit, we can now know the healing, the transformation that Isaiah spoke of and so increasingly grow as oaks of righteousness. In our culture today, there's that practice because we all have a mobile, or a lot of us do, to take a picture, take a selfie, and then add a filter to make it look a bit better, jazz it up a bit, overcome the, the wrinkles and the imperfections. Sometimes it's, it's just for fun. But other times I wonder if it points to a wishful desire in us or a discontentment with who we are. So we end up putting on the filter. We, we fake it. And whilst the outside changes, it does nothing about the inside. We're still broken. We're still insecure or easily angered or jealous or bitter. or Because we need outside help if we're to change on the inside. Friends, we've been exploring God's call to justice. But that call requires us to change. It requires us to put others first. And like every call and command of God, if we simply see it as optional, then we will never change because we'll just shrug it off. When I first became a Christian, I knew I had to stop getting drunk. I knew I had to stop swearing. I knew I had to treat girls better. Because the scriptures teach us these things. And I knew it wasn't an option. And so I wholeheartedly said yes to God's ways. And change came much quicker than I ever expected. But I had to choose. I had to choose to submit to God. And not see it as optional anymore. By taking that step, which was a step of faith, trusting in God's ways rather than mine. He then gave power by his spirit. And things that had plagued me for years and I had tried to stop in my own strength, they did change. And I changed on the inside. Brothers and sisters, 
we are called to change, to change this world and see it rebuilt and restored. But for that to happen, for our future to be different from our past, we must also heed God's call to change on the inside and allow his spirit to grow and nurture in us his character and his ways. And that includes seeking justice. I pray it may be so. Amen.